0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today.
1: Can you help me welcome everyone joining us online as well today that's watching. We love you guys. Hey, go ahead and slap hands with a couple people. Slap it, slap it hard. Let them know you're there. Yeah, oh, I hear some good slapping. Hey, as you guys are having a seat, can I ask you a question? Are you feeling brave today? Anybody feeling brave? Man, we have been in a great series called Burning Questions, where we have been covering hot topics, cultural topics, tough issues. And can I just say this? I am so proud of you, church. I'm so proud of the way that you have navigated these topics really out of a place of humility, and grace knowing that there have been countless opportunities for us to disagree in this series but we've decided from the beginning in fact you know what people that do what i do for a living a lot of them would avoid even talking about some of the stuff that we've been talking about for fear of pushback for fear of you know negative emails for fear of you know being, you know, uh, backbiting on social, whatever it is. But we just decided as a church, if we can't figure this stuff out here, and not that we have all the answers, but if we can't figure out a good way to talk about it, if nothing else, I pray that this has been a collection of talks that will help you at home, help you in your schools, help you at least begin to start to have the conversations about some things that a lot of us want to avoid. And so congratulations to you, honestly. I'm so proud of the way we've done this with humility and with uh, a lot of care and love for all people. This is what Romans 1 says, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. We all know that that's true. That not everybody agrees uh, with you on, on certain things. Don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with even when it seems they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department so if you'd say man i don't know if that lines up or it doesn't matter our our goal is not to fix people we're just trying to point people closer and closer to jesus remember they have their own history to deal with how many of you have history how many of you have a past come on like we all have have history and we all have baggage we all have things that we are walking through and, and carrying we all have things treat them gently for instance a person who's been around for a while might be well convinced that he can eat anything on the table while another with a different background might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly but since both are I love this guests at Christ's table that's what this is we just created a table an opportunity where everyone is welcome to come and sit at the the table Wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? Now, listen to this, Elevate Church. God, after all, invited them both to the table. Everyone here, not only are you welcome here, you are wanted here. God has invited you. I don't think you're here by accident. I believe God has a a word to speak to your heart. I believe this this is going to, to help you. You are on God's guest list. Crossing people off of that guest list or interfering with God's welcome? Well, don't do that. We have any business doing that. It says, if there are corrections to be made, and I love this, or manners to be learned, or issues of our heart to deal with, God can handle that without your help. Come on, somebody. That's good. We can clap for God's word. So it's not our job to fix people. It's not our job to tell people off. It's our job and our responsibility to love and welcome everyone and let God do the fixing. Are you with me? Here's today's burning question, Uh, pun not intended. Here is the question for us. Uh, If you wanna write this down, if you're a note taker, the question is, is it okay to get high? Oh boy, (laughs) is it okay? to get high. I've been warning you, this should not come as a surprise to you. In fact, I've said this several times in this series. We're gonna talk about weed. One week is gonna be about weed. So here it is. If you're looking for an alternate title, here it is. An alternate question would be, is 419 got a minute? Yeah, all right, whatever. I got it. Listen, some people got it. Okay, that's all right. The ones that get that, this is for you. We, we need to deal with this. Just kidding. Colby, why would we talk about this? Why would we talk about about weed? Here's here's one of the reasons why. It is all over. Like within the last year or so, there are now about four dispensaries within a mile, mile and a half radius of this church. This is in our our kids' faces. This is something that we are, it is legal uh, or will be legal in almost half of the states in the United States of America. It's not in Pennsylvania. Yet there is legislation currently right now. It is in our neighbor, neighboring state, recreational use of marijuana in New Jersey. It's something that is all over Netflix, all over Hulu, all these documentaries on you know weed in America and all this stuff, it is in our face. Our, our kids are asking questions. That's why we are covering this question. And and in fact, it uh, scares me to death a little bit to talk about it because out of all the stuff we've covered, this has the potential to be one of the more volatile, one of the more divisive subjects that we have talked about, honestly, the more and more I've gotten into it. In fact, I've been a little, I've had anxiety all week long, knowing that I'm gonna be talking about weed. And because I've had a little bit of anxiety, I smoked a little weed to help me with the anxiety. (laughs) A little research, in fact, I had to do some hands-on kinds of, no, I'm just kidding, I didn't. People are clapping like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) I didn't, I actually didn't. But I have been feeling anxious, and here's why, because I'm like, who am I, like really, who am I to talk about this? on my limited experience, very limited. I can count on one hand the amount of times I've smoked weed in my life. Two of them didn't count, because it was at a Dave Matthews concert. I wasn't even smoking, it was like secondhand high. And the only reason I knew I got high because I had a little bit of the munchies, I wanted some Funyuns, you know? And so, I'm like, who am I, honestly? And again, it scares me because there are people in this room you're talking about this with your children. In fact, you might even be smoking it at home. And you're trying to figure out, how do we navigate this, is this, is this okay? There are people uh, in this room that have worked at or currently work at one of those dispensaries that I mentioned. There are people in this room who are, who are part of growing and cultivating um, you know, cannabis for either CBD or THC for medical marijuana usages. And so here's all I know to do to take my very limited experience with marijuana and my current knowledge of God's word and do my best to match up the two and let the chips fall where they may. (laughs) Really say, God, we just need your help with this. So would you pray with me one more time? God, we need your help. I pray that above all, we would uh, approach this topic with grace and humility. God, who are we? But we know that your spirit is the one that can lead us and guide us into all truth. And, and above all, I pray that we are just a unified church. No matter if we disagree, but we're unified in love and in grace. And knowing, God, that you can speak. And that these are cultural issues that we need to figure out how to navigate. And so we need your help to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. As we dive into this, um, I do know that there are going to be a few different opinions represented in the room today. There are going to be those people in the room that are like, "You get them, PC. You tell them pot smokers that marijuana is going to send them to hell." <laughs> so first of all, I don't know why you're talking like that. This is not the Deep South. Number one, number two, if that is your hope today, you are going to leave here disappointed because I, um, I don't believe God loves me anymore than someone who gets high. I don't believe that I am better than someone who gets gets high, and so. I might be approaching this subject from a completely different perspective than some of you think. Now, as soon as I say that, there are other people in this room going, dude, he's going to say it's cool to smoke, bro. And it's almost, it might be legal here soon, so smoke it up. That's not what I'm going to say either. In fact, I don't think you can experience God's best for your life being high. I really don't. And so, either way, guess what? I I can't win in this conversation. This has kind of been some of my anxiety because I know that there are going to be people in this room that agree. There are going to be people that don't agree. Um, You know, there are going to be people in here that think I said too much about this topic. There are going to be other people here that leave going, you didn't say enough about this topic. And so I just know for me, there is no winning, but you know what? God spoke to my heart this week. uh, And I just, as clear as day, he said, you know what, Colby, I did not call you to win. I called you to lead. And I called you to do your best, right? to, To navigate this cultural issue that is again it's just rampant it's all over the place in our our face and so my job is not to bring this word in a way that 86 percent of you are going to agree with me 86 percent of you would pat me on the back and say okay okay my job is to is to point us to jesus and if you have not yet encountered the salvation and the grace and the mercy of jesus in your life First and foremost, to point you to that, my job is to help us as a church be welcoming and wanting everyone, no matter what their lifestyle is, what they're currently doing with their life, how they are living. That's my job. Are you with me? And my job is to help us do those two things and at the same time talk about tough stuff in a world where, again, more and more of God is being removed from our families, from homes, from schools, maybe even churches, from, from the government for sure. And so our job is to approach this with humility and grace. I, we don't exist to be some sort of Christian club that has the answers to everything. We, we exist to, to make heaven as crowded as we can and see Jesus run this town, are you with me? That's why we exist, that's why we're here. But knowing that, we have to also work through tough topics. And so what I'm also not going to do today is tell you how uh, marijuana works medically because I don't know. I'm not going to tell you who should or should not use medical marijuana. Again, because like, I, I, I don't know. You know, my, my heart is to point you to Jesus and hopefully Jesus and his spirit can tell you and guide you into what you should and shouldn't do. I can say this if one of my family members was going through something severe and a doctor that we trusted said hey you should maybe consider you know taking this we would prayerfully consider that like we would consider any medication are you with me but i'm not also talking about going to the doctor who sets up shop across the street from the dispensary this is going to get some kickbacks. Are you with me? Like you know, there's a difference, right? I'm not talking about you know going to the doctor who says, "Oh man, your shirt and your pants don't match each other. You need a weed card." You know, that's not that's not what I'm saying. There's a big difference. So when it comes to getting high recreationally, and again, it's illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. However, we all know if that was the end of the conversation, then that would be good right there. But it's not. When it comes to getting high, I want to go on the record and say, I don't think you should. (laughs) Is it okay to get high? I would say no. And again, I don't think you're going to experience God's best in your life when you are getting high. This is not Elevate Church taking a stand against marijuana. This is not us taking a stand against pot smokers. This church does not pick a bunch of things and take stands against them. You need to know that. Like, that's not what this series has been about taking stands against a bunch of stuff. We stand for one thing, by the way. We stand for the fact that Jesus is the son of the living God. He's the only way to heaven, and if you put your faith and trust in him, right? Like, that's what we stand for. In fact, if we can just agree on that, then we can disagree on just about anything else, and I'm okay with that. Then we stand for that that one thing. But I don't think, according to God's word, and I'll make an argument for this, I don't think it's okay to get high. Because I don't think you'll experience God's best. Kobe, what do you mean? It's almost legal. Why are you so old-fashioned? You know, come on. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, and I would simply just say this to the whole legal argument. Legal or not legal has never been our standard. Legal or not legal should not be the question. That's ridiculous. It is, it is not uh, illegal to cheat on your spouse. I don't recommend you do that. It's not illegal to take all of your savings account and your mortgage payment and go to Vegas and blow it all on black, right? Like I don't, I would not recommend you do that. And so when people say, well, it's legal, man, it's legal. That's not the argument. That's not our standard of whether it's legal or not legal. Our standard is is God's word. Our standard is holiness. Are you with me? Our standard is what does God, you know, say about this? How do we navigate this? Just because something's legal doesn't make it good and doesn't make it right. Where do you get that from? First Corinthians 6, look at it with me, verse 12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Amen. Some of you, and I bet the people saying amen, this is just a shot in the dark, they've experienced becoming a slave to something. Like this was my, my background, my upbringing was in the, the Salvation Army. My parents ran a rehab center for drug-dependent and alcoholic men. And so my, my, my background was having these men, uh, you know, that were addicted to alcohol or to chemicals, you know, some chemical dependency, saying, you know what, the only way that I could get free from this. And they would use that word slavery, feeling like they were just being um, just so trapped by the substance mastered by a substance that they had no, no other thing to, no other way to get out of it, and they were saying only God had saved me from that. So when it's talking about being mastered by something, being, you know, something driving your life, this is what it feels like. It says just because something's good doesn't mean you, you do it. And the message says it like this, just because something is technically legal Doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my whims. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, then you live to eat? Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing yourself with food or indulging with sex. Since the master honors you with the body, honor him with yours it's no excuse. Our body is a, a temple, and maybe just because it's temporary. And sometimes people will say that, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. You know, it's just my deal. Now, I've had people push back and say, what's the difference between drinking alcohol and, and getting high? And my short response would be getting high, inebriated. I, I think people can drink you know, a a drink or two, and it's easy to tell, you know, maybe a limit where that crosses a line. I think people do that too much too. That could be another burning question for later. In fact, let me just say this about alcohol. If you'd say, I don't have an issue with that, give it up for a month. And if you can't give it up for a month and you need it to help in social situations, it could be, it has more of a hold on you than you think. Just saying. But people will push back and say, well, what's, what's the difference between drinking a couple drinks and getting high? It's getting high. It's a whole idea of being inebriated. You know what inebriated means? Is to confuse and to stupefy your mind, mentally and emotionally. That's literally the definition of inebriated. And what I'm not gonna do today is give you a bunch of research, um, because the truth is, if you want to prove that it's okay to smoke weed, guess what, you can go on Google, And in about five minutes, you can give me all this research to support why you think you should smoke. And if you wanted to say, you know what, I don't think you should, again, you can go on Google and get all this research to support your position that you should not smoke weed. So my goal is not to give you a bunch of of research today. I'm gonna give you one thing though from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. They would have the most um, up-to-date current research. Here's what they said, the highest density of cannabinoid receptors is found in parts of the brain that influence pleasure, memory, thinking, concentration, sensory, time perception and coordinated movement. Marijuana overactivates the endocannabinoid system causing the high and other effects that users experience. And then this is when people say I got I was getting high, I was getting high. This is what they they mean. These effects include altered perceptions, mood impaired coordination, Uh, difficulty with thinking and problem solving and disrupted learning and memory. When you get high, when you feel high, it's because you are taking a substance that confuses your mind. And the reason why so many people run to it because it is such a good temporary escape from their past or from stress or from anxiety or from things going on in their life is because what they are literally doing is confusing their mind. Like, I don't want to have to deal, so I'm going to smoke. I don't want to have to cope, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to smoke, or it is my coping mechanism. And Jesus tells us we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff that we worry about and, and freak out about, about our past or about our cares. That will be given to us. It will be taken care of. So how do we do that? He tells us in, in Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven. 37, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, say it out loud, mind. See, I'm convinced you cannot pursue God and at the same time take a drug or a substance that confuses your mind at the same time. It is an impossibility. Like, you can't pursue God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and at the same time, do your best to confuse your mind. It doesn't work. And again, I have very limited experience with this, and so because of that, I spent the last, you know, couple weeks talking with people, interviewing people who have been a part of the industry, who have been a part of, you know, uh, you know, had weed be a big part of their life growing up. And one of those guys that I talked to, his name was Scott, and we did an interview with him live last night, but he couldn't be here today, and so we recorded it, and so we want to show it to you right now. I want to introduce you to my friend, Scott. Take a look. Thanks, Scott, I appreciate it. Let me just say that that Scott Grack is a husband and a father. Uh, he's been married to his wonderful, beautiful wife Amanda for six years now, and he has an incredible uh, little boy, Maddox, who is three and a half years old. And so uh, Scott definitely comes from a this on this topic from a different perspective and a different angle. And I would love to hear have you hear his story. So Scott.
0: First off thanks for having me thanks for coming man I'm glad, glad you're here the opportunity to say, uh, share my story how I was saved by God so, which is the most important thing about this that's right and I also like to appreciate that you still remember me as the weed guy
1: okay it's the weed guy the girl, yeah so everybody knows one
0: yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding so my story started off actually like a lot of others where I did grow up in uh, going to Catholic church with my family and there is a big difference now especially as I've reflected knowing that I was going to have to come up here and talk today we would do your Sunday go to church go into this big cathedral where you couldn't really hear anything except a bunch of organs flutes and whatever other thing and you didn't get anything out of the message Um, a lot of those messages I would just hear things of God is loving but God is vengeful and it was like Mm. God was this higher power, but there was nothing there. There was no connection. So in essence, it didn't really mean much to me. I was just checking the box off. Well, as I got older, uh, even in middle school and my human intellect increased, I would start questioning quite a bit of things. And it, I was rebellious by nature, so it created more and more and more of a disconnect where I would be looking at these individuals uh, who would, you know, be godly, and they would do all these things and I would start thinking, okay, you're judging me all the time for everything I'm doing, but you're swearing, sinning, doing everything I can imagine that's no. terrible. Yeah. So it created even a bigger disconnect where I actually started to rebel even more, even towards like, why are we going to church? I can't stand this. And, you know, one of the, I guess, final straws is growing up, especially leading a high school, I would think, I just remember a specific time I had to go to a priest and confess my sins. And I remember leaving there thinking, okay, I can't wait to see him because I got a whole list that I need to get off my chest to feel good again. And then I remember leaving there and telling my buddy, I'm like, I got away pretty good. I got only a few Our Fathers and a few Hail Marys, but where's that (laughs) paper? So I know what the heck I'm supposed to say. There was just no depth to it. Um, So Mm. there was just a complete, then we stopped going. So then I just really had no connection with God. I mean, I always believed that there was a higher power because logically that only made sense to me, but there was nothing really of a connection. So uh, fast forward to high school, um, my father and I had a very complicated relationship and uh, it ended up leading in ninth grade. Uh, My rebellion grew and I tried marijuana for the first time. Uh, Then I said, wow, I have a lot of friends that like to do this, we need to have a constant supply, so why don't I start selling it? And then in 10th grade, I started selling marijuana. I would do it and I would stop because I was always afraid to get caught. So I was like, okay, let's sell it for a little bit. And then if there's too many people calling me, I would stop and that carried on and everything was great and it was okay. And I get through high school and everything's fine. Uh, But once college hit, that's when things got really wild. You get exposed to, you know, you're not living under your parents' roof and that's when things got darker. You know, I'm partying, drinking, gambling, sex, every possible sin you could think of, violence, nothing good whatsoever. And I always did have that routine of trying to stop, you know, sell marijuana make your money, then stop. And that all plan came to a quick halt on April 19th, 2006, about 5 a.m. I remember that date because April 19th, tomorrow's 420. So I will never forget this. I was going to be re-upping from my supplier. I was, it was 5 a.m. I was gambling Hmm. all night. And I remember going to my house, and usually what we would do is we'd have the deadbolt locked, and it was unlocked. So I didn't think of anything at the time, but I walked in. It was a split level of house. I walk up to the house. I go to turn to right to go to my bedroom, and I hear, and then I get tackled. And I'm thinking, oh, my okay, God, get off me. Like, what is going on? Some, and then I get punched in the head, and I'm like, okay, this is serious. Yeah, yeah. I tried to fight, and within seconds I hear, you know i get hit in the back of my head and what felt like the barrel of the gun and someone say you move again i'll kill you so i immediately you know close my eyes and figure well th- this is it i thought i was going to die you start to think about everything that happens in your life you think why am i doing this and right. um they started to duct tape me up and then the fear really kicked in because i'm getting hit randomly someone duct taping me up and then when they duct taped my eyes up my mouth up that's when I got really scared. And then when I knew everything was actually gonna be okay in that moment, is I, I remember they duct tape my nose, my mouth, and I couldn't breathe. And I was saying, I, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And he takes these, I may mean, never forget this, yeah, these smelly, long-nailed fingers, and they take the duct tape down. And at that point, there was a sense of relief, but it's like, just, just get it over with. You, you've already got me. Wow. And I heard people leaving the house, and I thought they left because the guy that was straddling me, uh, that was on my back, to would randomly just give me a punch every so many seconds to the back of the head. Uh, he got off me and left. And I remember breaking out. And then I started getting kicked again. I'm like, where are, like, when are they leaving? So I waited. Uh, as time passed, I heard them all leave the house, and I got out. And then fast forward towards that, I kind of got put in a tough situation because I ended up getting marijuana fronted at the time by my supplier. So when I got robbed for the equivalent between cash and uh, marijuana, it was, it was about 10 grand. So then I owed him money and you, I discussed it with him. He wasn't aggressive with me at all, but you come to the conclusion of, well, you know, I'm about you know, 19 years old. Uh, I'm not gonna make that money at Dial America doing telemarketing when I owe you over $5,000. So to get that money back, I started selling more in that quarter pound mm-hmm. Turned into one pound, to two pounds, to four pounds, to eight pounds, to 10 to 20 pounds a week. Wow. And that carried on for about three years. And during that time, I was already living in sin, but then you give someone that young, that much cash, it all becomes materialistic. Me, prideful, like you feel like you're walking on water, like you're someone special, living in this full-blown arrogance And then after getting robbed, I realized things were gonna be serious, so I get a Glock 45 and a license to carry, and I'm carrying that around and without going into too much about that, it's probably some dangerous situations you're putting yourself in. Um, So that carried on for about three years, living this high life, thinking I walked on water with someone special. And on March 12th, early afternoon, I go to order a double stuffed sub from Barbados, and I hear this pounding on my door and I go run you know downstairs I'm about to say I'll be there in a minute I hear we got a warrant so then I run back upstairs I try to throw everything in my catwalk to hide it and then they, by the time I got back downstairs to kindly open the door as if they'd be like oh hey good to see ya they already had a battering ram uh through my door they tackled me uh put cuffs around me and um then the raid started and I will say while we're talking about this, if there's anything anyone's wondering, like what's like the movies, a raid is definitely like the movies. They had border patrol dogs, they were taking a knife, shredding up my couch, going through everything. Wow. I remember all the stuff they're taking, they were even taking like uh, Ziploc bags, everything out of your house. And that was the moment you're like, that, that superiority, I bet. I bet. it's like, wow welcome to the real world, world, pal. Like, this is not legal. You shouldn't have been doing this. You got in way over your head. So then they take me to a, like a private, uh, uh, building locally, and they did all the tactics of take you to this room, good cop, bad cop. They tried to get me to break and testify. And I I just chose not to, there was just something in my gut that said, you know, you made your bed, you got to lay in this. So uh, few, they, then they ended up actually releasing me. So I had a, I had to retain another attorney and there was a couple months between that. And then they came back and then they uh, ended up arresting me and they drove me down. And I was there for 21 days before I could post bail. And that was the darkest feeling I had when it was the first five and a half days of that incarceration. They took me to Charlie Block 118. It was a corner cell. I got one phone call to my attorney. I didn't get to talk to anyone else. I didn't get to shower. They didn't even want me. It was considered a high-profile case. They wanted me to talk to you. I remember going to the bathroom and just stinking. I'm like, this is disgusting. So finally, this correctional officer that was younger, he came to my cell and he says, here, I, I can give this to you. And he gave me a Bible because then I had nothing to read, I mean, think about the pat walking around five and a half days talking to yourself swearing at God. Why me? What did I ever do thinking? It's mm-hmm. funny, too. It's like someone's so special. I'm, I'm yelling at God. <laughs> Come on, pal, right, you know, right. And um, so he ends up handing me a Bible. And when I grabbed the Bible, I had no idea where to begin. My relationship still was might be, a, you know, there's a higher power, but no relationship. I opened that Bible. Everything went black, the whole page. But what lit up, crystal clear, like a light I've never seen since was Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. Yeah. As a father, the son, he delights in. I dropped to my knees. I bawled like a baby more than I ever have in my entire life. And I realized, wow, like if if God would would love such a prideful loser like me he's real man you know and uh, I wish I could sit here and say that I fully gave myself to uh, God and and accepted Jesus Christ as my savior in that moment but I ended up posting bail and fought my case for three years ten and a half months going back and forth trial delays and fighting case for four years having no idea where your life is going to go I wanted to die. I remember thinking if I would drive by and there was someone getting robbed, I would love to jump in, save the woman's life, but get shot and killed because I wasn't going to commit suicide. It was the darkest times of my life. And um, finally, after three years, 10 and a half months, there was an agreement between the attorneys, and I had to. Um, I had to be incarcerated for the better part of a year because I decided not to testify against anyone And during that time is when I really started seeking God. I, I got a bible right from the jump I started trying to figure out what to do And what kept coming to me is proverbs 3 5 and 6. I still try to live by this today And it's uh simply trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight and uh that's when I really gave, you know, my life to Jesus Christ. I, you know, realized, you know, God sacrificed his own one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross, to wash away all the sins on the world, resurrected him for the dead. And, you know, I I would, you know, accept him as my savior and Lord, but a lot of people stop at savior. And, And when I got out and during that, it's no, 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 he's my savior. But I'm gonna follow him like my Lord from now until the t- time, uh, the day I die, and uh, the ways that God has worked in my life since then has been something that I can't describe. You know, I wish I could give that feeling that I felt when I was first incarcerated in solitary. And if there's someone who's even on the fence, I could just put that feeling temporarily right. in them, and they know this is not no joke this is not like some hallucinogenic effect like you hear people talk about I was sober I was incarcerated there's no mushrooms involved I know what I felt and um fast forward now um you know through that and allowing you know God in my life and accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior now I uh, you know uh, am someone who deserves absolutely nothing and I get to you know, live the rest of my life with my beautiful wife, Amanda, and son, Maddox. Uh, uh, thank you for having me today.
1: It's awesome, Scott. Thanks, man, thanks, man. You know, even as you're, you're talking, and it would be great if you could, you know, communicate the emotion of first getting robbed at gunpoint and then the, you know, DA, you know, coming in and raiding your home and then being thrown, like, there, there are students maybe listening. There are people listening that kind of maybe have dabbled, you know, with, well, this is okay, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But I think if they could just walk, you know, a minute in your shoes and what you experienced and felt. And not only that of the moment, but also the, the consequences you know after that you know some people think well look at all right you're doing fine now you're doing great today all that kind of stuff but there's got to be some lingering consequences right
0: absolutely absolutely i graduated from Gandy university and when i got out i remember um you know knowing i was going to have felonies and i i would literally call hr representatives across the united states and I'd like weasel my way and I was so determined to skip having to send in all these resumes and I got in touch with at least four or five and it would always get to this. Hey, be honest with me. Is there actually a chance I got with this felony? No, not a chance. So, uh, there's that, uh, just recently I'm, I'm trying to get financially trying to get things. Okay. Trying to get a life insurance policy for my, uh, you know, for my wife and son felony high rated, triple the score. It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So uh, there's that, Uh, even through what I do for a living through the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, uh, I I had to, I got rejected, and then I had to file an appeal and then be, you know, talk to the entire board about it and they did approve me. Same thing uh, to be a first aid CPR AD instructor, just things you won't know. It's Nope, shut down got to appeal it and then hope they accept you it has it, it never ends and then hey yeah might as well hear this And until you like hunting or anything around guns uh I don't think so if someone were to put a gun like right there and it was easily accessible I'm out I got to leave the room I can't even be around wow. now till the day I die so yeah there's a lot of things people don't consider yeah, I mean it, right. it's obstacles I face all the time
1: talk about this I mean since we're obviously this is what we're doing talking about um usage of marijuana and you know, recreational smoking, a lot of times people would argue, and and there's, you can find this online, it's not a gateway drug, it's not a gateway drug, and that's what the pushback is from a a lot of people, that there's no proof, you know, Colby, that if you smoke weed, then that's going to lead to, you know, other things and harder things, and and I just know, and then I'll let you answer this, but from my experience, you know, with the guys that I was kind of brought up with in the rehab centers, they would tell you, um, that nobody just just one day all of a sudden says, hey, shoot me up. You know, what they've done is they have got comfortable with being inebriated through, through weed, you know, through smoking weed over and over again and realize, hey, nothing's happening. I'm good. I'm safe. You know, so it's never usually this huge jump, but people will make that argument. is not a gateway drug. Like, what was your experience?
0: That's a very good question. I have gotten asked that many, many times. So I used to you know try to immediately just shut it down like no we'd never made me be like oh let's try ecstasy cocaine whatever whatever drug you want to pick it wasn't like that but I think there's a better thing to focus on instead of thinking about it like let's try to be a medical professional it's like no no no, let's keep this simpler because i like practice this I think I might have to have a talk with my son about this someday I mean and um it's like, was it a gateway drug that made me immediately try something else? No, but that of trying of smoking led me to other groups of people right. that did other stuff that made me surrounded with other individuals that probably didn't make the best choices. And I'm sure you've heard this before. What is it? The, you're the product of the five people you right. surround yourself around with. So it wasn't a gateway drug in a sense of, okay, I smoked marijuana and then I wanted to do pick your drug. It was more or less, it was a gateway to more sin, darkness, and however you do want to classify yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Well, what about, what about addictive qualities? Because that's what people will also argue. It's, you know, cause I, I couldn't tell somebody, Hey, if you, what's going to kill you first, drinking, you know, three cups of coffee a day or smoking weed every day. Like, I don't know. I can't speak to that, but people say it's just, it's not good for you, you know, in those regards, but it's not physically addictive. You know, is what what people will will say. And I I just know that, you know, from from other people that I've even talked to recently, it might not have been physically addictive, but it was emotionally. It was something that they would lean on to cope with or to deal with stress or their past or pain or whatever it was. So while it might not have been physical, there was that emotional kind of addiction. I mean, can you speak to that at all?
0: Uh, Yeah, in in a sense, it would be uh, going back to actually what you've already referenced so far is it was addictive in a sense of I would use that as an escape when I was insecure and was hiding from something and I was running from something. So addictive in a sense, it would be, you know, alcohol, then smoke at the end of the night, alcohol or smoke. And right. it it was addictive in a sense that I was addicted to facing my problems in the moment. It was, it was like hiding from what I was really dealing with in my life.
1: Yeah. One guy I was talking to, he just said, You know, it might not have been, um, you know, physically addictive, but he, he looked at me and said it was a dream killer. Like there were a lot of things that he thought he could have been, but since he had given so much effort and energy and time into this lifestyle, into this area of his life, it just killed off a lot of his other dreams. I got one more question for you, Scott, and that is like when it comes to, obviously your son, Maddox, three and a half, and what it looks like in the future or even students today and this generation, like, what, what would you say to them? Like, right now, I mean, obviously, would you encourage your son to smoke? Are you encouraging them to, to try? Like, what would you say to this next generation that's uh, right now considering it even or have already, you know, kind of crossed that?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question as well. So I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not a professional here, but I have thought this through. And my initial thought when I was asked this was like, oh, well, give the cliche statements like you play with fire long enough, you're gonna get burned, or mm-hmm. you know, all darkness comes to light. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. That, that was the approach that was given to me. How'd that do? <laughs> I got incarcerated for it. So that doesn't work, especially with my rebellious you know, attitude. So anyone who's thinking about using, if you are using, or you're being about, you know, around it regularly, I think what would have really helped me is if I could have found someone that I trusted, I knew loved me, and there wouldn't be any judgment just to talk to me about it. Mm. Because, you know, even when we were talking earlier this week, it opened up all these other avenues of conversation. It's like, oh, okay, but. It's like if you have someone who you know that you're just going to get judged immediately, it's like, don't do this. This is bad. That's great. Well, cool. I I heard that a million times. I mean, there's a dare drug dog coming in next week, and he's going to say it for the 14th time this week. Like, that doesn't, yeah, that didn't help. So I'm really hoping, referencing my son, this is a different world, and I'm scared to death of it. But I hope it's father first, best friend second, and he can talk to me about it so I can at least let him know what's up? No.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks, Scott. Seriously. Thank you Dana, so much. Thank you so much I appreciate for it. coming with us. <laughs> Sharon, appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. How many of you in this room know what it's like to run to something to try and either fix a need, and I'm not, it doesn't have to be marijuana. It doesn't have to be It could be anything like we all know what it's like to run to something to fill an area of hurt or pain or loss or frustration in our life. It could be, it could be food, it could be drinking, it could be chemical uh, dependency. It could be anything. And I'm just telling you, I don't think necessarily what we're even talking about today is a weed issue. I think it's a heart issue. Anytime we run and search for something apart from God to fill something in our life that we feel is lacking, I'm just telling you, it it leads nowhere, nowhere good. And that's anything, and we all know what that feels like. Here's what Psalm 62 tells us, it says, yes, my soul finds rest in God, my hope comes from Him. This This has been my prayer for you. All week long, that we get to that place where we understand we don't we don't need these other things to find peace and joy because we're all looking for it in something. But when our soul gets to that place where it finds rest in God, and our hope comes from Him, truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Like a fortress, it's it's one of those things that we run to things, and sometimes we don't think God can actually help us in those situations, in those circumstances. So we turn to things in the physical, believing that's going to to fix it, but he's saying, let him be our rock. Let him be our, our fortress. My salvation, my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. You people pour out your hearts to him, for God is your refuge. He's your refuge. We all know what it's like to run to other things for refuge, for peace, for joy. And I'm guessing a lot of us know what it's like to run to those things and have those things come up empty. But there's one thing that lasts, one thing that stands, and that is God being our strength. So let's do this. Will you stand to your feet? I'm gonna lead us into to worship, and then I'm gonna come back out after we sing a song just see how God might be speaking to some of your hearts right now in this moment but if you just pray with me God I pray that right now we would be able to clear some space in our life to focus on you whether it's once and for all running to you instead of something else to fill a void whatever that is I pray that right now as we worship you God that you would speak to our heart and allow us to respond to exactly what it is you're saying In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.